0: Hello, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to the disorder podcast where we talk all things body image and eating disorder related. If you guys are new here, my name is Jamie. I am the host of this podcast and I am so excited because we are continuing the body image perspective series and today I'm here with Stacia and Stacia, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll kick it off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jamie. So I went to school for nursing and worked as a registered nurse for three years. Um, in that time frame, obviously saw a lot of things with patients, worked with a lot of people. But then I actually transitioned into personal training because I have a huge passion for personal health and wellness. So now I currently work as a personal trainer or fitness coach for you know all individuals. So same thing, a lot of experience working with people that maybe have. Um, you know, poor body image, or they've struggled with those issues in the past.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love that you are a registered nurse and you have that background. So kind of going into that aspect of your life, what made you want to go into that field?
1: Yeah, I have always been interested in uh, sports and health and wellness. So growing up, I was super active. I ran track in high school, played softball. I mean, just about any day you could find me outside doing something. And in high school, everyone's like, you have to pick your career. So I went through like maybe I'll do athletic training, but then the pay and the hours weren't what I wanted, then maybe physical therapy. And that just wasn't too much schooling. So I was like, nursing's a good in between. I can still deal with health and wellness. And it's still like in the medical field, hours are what I want. So went into nursing and just found that ultimately it wasn't what I wanted, which go figure right in high school, you're like forced to make this decision or, you know, should make this decision of like what major you're going to do. And it just didn't align with where I wanted to go personally and with career-wise what I wanted to do. So I transitioned into uh personal training and I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Personal training, I feel like is definitely one of those fields where people either have a really good relationship with exercise and are kind of sharing that with others. But on the other hand, sometimes you obviously have those who maybe don't have the relationship and are doing things in not the healthiest way. So how do you kind of find yourself having that balance where you're wanting your clients to have a really good relationship with the gym while also trying, of course, to get them to the healthiest place that they can be?
1: One thing that I really focus on, and I would say it's kind of my framework for everyone that I work with is developing sustainable, healthy habits, which I think that unfortunately, a lot of gym goers or people just from the social media field, they see like this 12 week transformation. And even if they don't love doing that, that's what they throw themselves into. So for me, and one of my personal struggles was figuring out what I liked doing. So you know, when you look at people and you're like, oh, you hate running, but this program says, if you run five miles a day, X, Y, and Z, you're going to look like this figure. It's really difficult then for that person to sustain those healthy habits. So it's sitting down and having a conversation with that client. I always say personal training is personal. You're supposed to get to know that person on a level where you can help them develop those healthy habits, doing something they love that they can do long-term to create a well-balanced overall healthy life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think for me personally, when I was kind of dealing with the depths of my eating disorder and getting back into the gym, I felt that the trainer I was working with didn't really take that personal approach and kind of exactly. I I had that kind of mindset where I was like, okay, I see that these runners look like this and like, that's what I want to look like. So I'm just going to run nonstop just to look like that. And of course, like you said, it's it's not sustainable at all. And I, I felt that and I felt that in my energy levels and in everything associated with it. So with your personal relationship with the gym, did you ever kind of have a moment where you weren't doing things super sustainable before you kind of got into personal training? Or do you feel like you've always just had a pretty good relationship with the gym itself?
1: I had a, like I said, active childhood But when I went to college, I was working almost full time, if not full time and going to school full time. So the last couple of years of college, I just kind of let the gym go. I loved it, but I was like, I, I just let it go. And then getting back into it, when I looked back at pictures and just was really disappointed in how I looked and, you know, just overall bummed out that I let myself get to a certain point of just doing things that I didn't even enjoy, I went back into like beach body. Oh, we'll just do this workout or maybe I'll do this. And even though I knew what I enjoyed, I didn't know how to get back into the gym because I felt super self-conscious about going. So this was say maybe 5 years ago at this point in time. So 5 years ago, I was like, I I know what I'm doing in the gym, but I'm so self-conscious because I haven't been there in 3 years. I don't even want to step foot in there. So I'm just going to try all these little things that I can't sustain and Eventually, I got back into the groove of feeling more confident in my body. And then because I felt more confident in my body, I felt more confident going to the gym and starting up basically what I love, which is lifting weights. I love lifting weights and strength training. That's my passion. And I'm sad that I missed out on it for three years. But those experiences that I gained in those three years have helped me so much work with clients because I can understand where they're coming from
0: yes yeah i think that's the biggest part is knowing where clients come from and clearly you have a really good experience and relationship now with the gym that you can share with your clients and i think a lot of the viewers or listeners rather on this podcast can relate to feeling self-conscious and being scared to get back in the gym i know i've seen a lot of dms from people not even knowing where to start they don't They don't feel like they are able to go in the gym and and feel really confident in what they're doing. So what would you kind of say to those listeners who haven't been to the gym in a while and like you said, are just really self-conscious and scared to just get back in in any capacity?
1: If you're one of those people, it's so intimidating and I understand because I've been there. The number one thing I can say or that I would recommend doing is first of all, Sticking with what you're comfortable with initially. So, if you're comfortable going to the gym and walking on a treadmill, go to the gym and walk on a treadmill. Get that feel, get in the routine of going. I think it's super beneficial to have a support system when you're there as well. I would say that's number two. Number one, starting with what you're comfortable. For me, it was running because I ran track in high school. So, I started just by running a mile a day and then built that confidence up. Um, But doing what you're comfortable. And then number two, which is Almost as equally important is that support system, whether it's a partner, a friend, a trainer, someone at the gym, going to group fitness classes where you have that support system. That is so incredibly powerful and helpful for you to get into a groove in a routine and get kind of out of that comfort zone, per se, um, and experience that growth.
0: Yeah, I think the support system is such a big piece that... A lot of people don't realize they just really think that it's their own journey and and they don't need to talk to other people. But I agree with that that it definitely makes or break just any kind of journey with anything. You shouldn't be doing everything on your own. But I do think that especially with people who have dealt with eating disorders or just negative body image in general, they just kind of get in their own head where it's like, okay, every man for themselves. Like this is my own issues and. I don't need to project it on other people, but I think that the biggest part of recovery and exactly like you said, getting back into the gym is just that point of just doing it and leaning it on other people as well. So that, you know, you're not just taking everything yourself.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's a huge part of it. The support system and finding actual people who are rooting for you is so important in that you know, getting back into the gym or even if it's not the gym, even if it's something else like a a business passion of yours, um, having a support system is helpful in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know you mentioned, obviously you ran track and field when you kind of started getting into personal training. Was that the point where you kind of got into weightlifting or what was kind of your journey with transitioning from running from track and field into weightlifting and your passion for weightlifting?
1: In high school, my senior year, I had a lot of free hours to kind of pick my schedule how I wanted to. So I took a cardio class and then a weightlifting class. And I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but I always thought it'd be so cool to be able to like lift really heavy weights. It's just something in my head that I was like, wow, it'd be really cool if I was strong enough to do this. Um, and I just in high school, that's what I did for that one class. And I loved it, went to college, met someone that was also interested in weightlifting. Her and I would go to the gym every morning and we would lift together for the first couple of years. And then, like I said, with nursing school and working, it just kind of phased out. Um, But during that time, I actually realized looking back now, I had no plan. I had no true idea about form or really what muscles I was working, nothing. I just knew that I enjoyed lifting heavy weight, And I was like, wow, I feel pretty strong and like empowered by being able to do this. So I'm going to do it now. It's much more focused on form. Um, the empowering part is still there. Like I still love being able to go into the gym and pick up two times my body weight and like, I'm like, wow, this is great. Um, but a lot of that is now focused a lot more on actual direction versus just, I know I have a passion for this. Let's see where it goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I love that you didn't go into it with the mindset where you're like, I'm going to perfect my form right off the bat and just have those expectations where you just feel like you should know how to do everything because I think that's where, especially women, I think a lot of times with weightlifting, we kind of psych ourselves out because obviously we see the guys in the gym and they're just lifting tons and tons. And I know for me personally, getting into weightlifting was super challenging because like you said, I didn't know the form. I didn't know if I, what I was doing was correct. And I just got in my head where I was kind of like, Oh, people are looking at me and, and these guys are, are probably like, you know, this, this girl's trying to lift weight. Like that's, that's funny. So how do you think that you kind of dealt with that mindset? Did you ever get in your head as well with lifting weights?
1: I did. I feel at first, like I said, that getting back very self-conscious about lifting weights. If there was someone in my apartment gym, which was super small, I would just stick to like bicep curls because I was like, oh, I know I'm doing these right. So I don't have to worry about them looking at me weird. Maybe I'm not doing something wrong. And I was like petrified of someone coming up and correcting my form or correcting me or just saying like, hey, do you know that you're doing this wrong? Um, Simply because I didn't feel at that point in time like confident enough, I would have been super embarrassed. And I think I probably would have just left. So that's super touchy. I think too, as women in a gym is like, you're there and you're looking around and you're like, okay, am I doing this right? Is someone going to come talk to me? You know, it's, it's hard, but I now have developed a mind space for myself where, um, and I also have more knowledge. So that helps as well. So I have more knowledge. I have more confidence, but I've also developed a mind space where when I go into the gym, it is like blinders on. I'm telling you, I swear, I don't look at anyone else. I'm just going straight to what I want to do. And get my workout in. Uh, it's taken a long time to get there, though.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a huge part is is just focusing on yourself and not letting all the other you know whatever background noise get to you. But yeah, I remember one of the first times I was back in the gym in college, and I was doing push ups, and a guy came up to me and was like, "Hey." you need to like whatever put your elbows in or something and I just up and left I was like I'm never coming back here this is so embarrassing so I do think that exactly it's a very touchy thing you don't you don't want people walking up to you so then exactly the next however many months I never did a push-up again and still I have a hard time doing push-ups in in the gym because I'm just so worried someone's gonna tell me I'm doing them wrong
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's touchy. And like, especially now working as a trainer, right. You see someone and you're like, maybe like I could help them correct their form, but then you go back to that space and you're like, no, I don't want to step in because I know how that felt. So it's like, You know, starting a conversation in a different way instead of being so like aggressive, like, hey, you're not doing this right. Um, So I think that's also like a learning lesson for me because I'm on the opposite side of it now where I'm like, I want to help them so they don't get injured. But it's like that touchy of how do you approach that person or how do you bring that conversation up? Because obviously you don't want to make someone feel like self conscious or like bad about themselves, right? They're in the gym. Um, But yeah, it's finding out how to have those conversations in the right way versus like, hey, put your elbows in or something like that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, if he would have maybe done that in a different way, maybe I would have been, you know, more good with it. But just walking up to me saying that I was like, okay, we're, we're good. I'm done here. (laughs) But kind of going into the weightlifting itself, I know for women, especially there's kind of this connotation around weightlifting where girls are almost scared of it where they're like, Oh, I don't want the, the broad shoulders or I don't want to look like X, Y, and Z. And they just automatically think that weightlifting is just going to make them look a certain way. How would you kind of combat that with the benefits of weightlifting?
1: So I think that that connotation, unfortunately, will probably always be around. I think that regardless of how many people will put stuff and information out about it, people will always have that idea. But the fact of the matter is for you to really get bulky, um, you know, women will say, I don't want to get bulky. You have to work for years and years and years and years developing those muscles. Weight training helps you develop you know, nice muscle, which will increase your metabolism, help you burn fat. If you want that toned look, which is what most people come to me and they're like, I want to look toned. You do have to do some resistance training. It's good for your overall health. Like I said, you're putting on more muscle mass, which helps you increase your metabolism, helps you burn fat more. You can eat more food. Um, which is great. But if you are someone that's like, I just don't want to get bulky, that's fine. We can do things. You don't have to lift two times your body weight if you don't want to. But having some sort of resistance training is extremely beneficial for overall health and wellness and also for like someone that aesthetically wants to look toned.
0: Yes, exactly. I think that was definitely a misconception I had when I was just going through my eating disorder recovery and getting back into the gym was, I was terrified of lifting weights because I was like, I don't, I'm scared to look, you know, X, Y, and Z certain way. But exactly as soon as I did start incorporating weights into my workout and kind of working with a trainer, I felt a lot just more energized after my workouts versus just running for an hour straight. I wasn't getting anything from that or any kind of. You know, you just it's it's very much full body running, but it was I felt like I was just lacking in every other area besides my legs, basically. So I love that you take that approach and kind of combat that by saying that's that's not true. And that is a misconception.
1: For sure. Yeah. And like I said, you don't have to lift two times your body weight. I enjoy doing that. So that's how I do it. If you want to do that too, great. I'll work with you on that. But if you're like, Hey, I just want to learn my way around the weight room and do some resistance training three times a week. Also great. We can do that as well. Like I love all of those, those sides, people that come to me and they're like, I want to learn how to lift weights. I'm like, let's do this because whatever your goals are, that's a great thing to implement two, three, four days a week. Yes.
0: Yeah. And that's clearly showing you are indeed a personal trainer. And I I love that that you're able to know that and bring that to your clients, especially with people who maybe don't lift weights on a regular basis. But kind of switching back into your your nursing background. Do you find I'm sure the answer is yes. But do you find that you kind of bring that knowledge from nursing into your personal training?
1: For sure, 100%. And honestly, I am so happy that I have the nursing background because it has helped me so much with clients along the way with uh, maybe health issues, let's say diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, things like that. I have a lot of knowledge surrounding those things now, and it really helps me become a more well-rounded trainer. I'm doing clients a disservice if I don't have this knowledge. And oftentimes, if someone comes to me and they have a question about something and I don't know, I'm going to do in-depth research but that nursing background has helped tremendously.
0: Yeah, and do you find that that's something clients are looking for? Or is that just something they kind of stumble upon where they're like, wow, like what a added bonus that you have this background?
1: Fifty-fifty. 50-50. Some of them come in and they want, let's say I had a client, for example, who her A1C was elevated slightly and her doctor's like, hey, you're going to have to be on insulin if you don't get this down. So she came in looking for someone that had knowledge in how to help combat that, bring it down to normal levels. So that was a perfect fit. But other times I'll just work with people that are like, yeah, I just want to get in shape. And when they learn more about me, I'm like, yeah, I used to be a registered nurse, worked for three years. They're like, wow, I had no idea. That's awesome. Um, And that's a conversation starter in and of itself. So
0: yeah and i love that you're able to work with clients who have those health issues and have that background of a registered nurse because i know even just some of the personal trainers i'll see on social media they kind of will be putting out there like meal plans or anything like that and just some of them just do not seem sustainable is that kind of your experience on social media seeing some of these what i eat in a days or anything like that
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Seriously, I feel like social media is great. The world of the internet is phenomenal, right? You have a thousand results at your fingertips in seconds. The problem is, from my perspective with social media, is you have filters, you have people that have had cosmetic surgery done, you have people who are recommending a diet that's, you know, 300 grams of protein a day and then eat one potato. And that's the diet. And it's like, literally, no one can sustain this. Well, not no one, I'm sure someone can in this world. But from an overall broad perspective, a lot of people that I work with, they're like, yes, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've done this 12 week transformation, I have done all of these things, and it's not working. And a lot of it, it sounds maybe really simple, but it's like, let's take a step back and look at what you enjoy doing for activity and then what you enjoy eating and how we can have those complement each other. Because it's not a one size fits all diet or workout plan like the internet has you think it is. That's simply so unrealistic. And like I said, social media is great for so many things, but I would say from a fitness standpoint, it has been detrimental to body image and workouts and things like that.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I think especially when I would see what I eat in a days and like you said, they're eating just one category of food and, and having, you know, like one single piece of chocolate and, and that's it for the whole day. Like that was just so bad for my mentality around food where I was like, well, if they're doing it on social media, then surely I can do it too. So what would you kind of say to those people who are on social media and don't really know how to filter out what's true and what's not?
1: If you're on social media and you're looking at something and you're like, this seems too good to be true, it probably is. No single person is going to look like the next person. If you look at this, let's say um, someone in a bikini and you're like, I want to look exactly like that. You probably never will. Our bodies are all different. I mean, I'm not saying you can't have that as a goal and be like, I want to be toned like that. But if you're like, I want to have that exact bicep vein and this core definition, like, everyone's body is shaped differently. So if you see something and it's like, wow, that's probably good too, too good to be true. Excuse me. It probably is. And you look at all these different cleanses that people offer and everything else. Well, that's short term. And you actually don't even know what those effects are going to be on your body short term after, you know, you might end up like male, male from that. You know, it's, there's so many things that whew, I could go on forever about this topic. <laughs> Yes.
0: But it is. It's such a good and important topic that I feel like a lot of young girls struggle with, especially growing up with social media. I can't imagine being in elementary school, middle school, and and having access to that stuff and growing up with that and not knowing what's true and what's not because you're just so young. So I yeah, I definitely agree. You just you really have to See what's too good to be true. And 10, ten times out of ten, it is. There's hardly ever a time where that's actually how they live and and everything like that. So I always like to round out the episodes by asking all the guests: what piece of advice would you give your younger self?
1: I have a couple things. I'll start with the biggest one. And the biggest one is simply Finding what you enjoy and sticking with it. If you enjoy something and it's something that you feel like you can do forever in terms of activity, stick with it, even if it's one day a week, because all of these people telling you that you have to do CrossFit, you have to do a HIT workout, you have to do you have to run. It's unrealistic. Should you try it? Give it a try. Absolutely. But don't lose sight of what you actually enjoy doing and what you value so much. The other thing I would say is as human beings, we are always going to compare ourselves to others. That is just a fact. We're always going to look at someone and be like, wow, you have this. I, I would love to have this, X, Y, and Z. I think we always look at people in a way of, um, admiration almost. I don't know if that's the right word, but I think admiration, we look at people and we look up to them. And I think that's great, but it becomes toxic when that person or those people you look up to become the sole focus of your life. When you're like, I want to look like this, so I have to do everything that they do to look a certain way or be a certain way or have a certain career. So really honing back. I mean, that kind of ties in with finding what you enjoy and sticking with it. Um, And then, like I said, you're going to find people that are role models and that's great, but not getting so caught up in those role models and how their life is that you expect your life to uh, play out exactly the same.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I definitely wish I knew that when I was younger was I thought up, You know, I looked up to all these celebrities and influencers, and exactly, I thought that I had to look like them or be like them, but it is. It's like that's just for them, and you don't know what goes on in the background. So it's so important to know that it's not all that it seems. And that's not the point of admiring someone, is trying to look like them or be like them.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I definitely learned a lot. I'm sure the listeners are going to learn a ton too. And I will have Stacia's Instagram and social media and everything linked in the description of this episode, as well as my podcast Instagram, which is at disorder podcast with two T's. If you want to find her Instagram, it will also be on there. So thanks again, Stacia.
1: Thank you so much.